Well, how do you change someone's mind? How do you? Well, let me give you an example right now. I'd like you to think of some problem in the world that you deem to be a very real and very serious problem. You know, human trafficking, infant mortality, poverty, pollution, disease. Right? I'd like you to mentally think about something that you can get invested in, whatever that is. Do you have it? Okay, great. Now I'm going to ask you a simple question, and I'm going to change your mind. Are you ready for me to change your mind? Okay, here we go. I'm going to ask you a simple question, and I'm going to change your mind. Watch how I change your mind. Here's my question. Question: In a billion years from now, how important will that issue be then? In a billion years from now, how much will it matter then? You'll notice that the problem got just a wee bit smaller. Did I counter the problem? No. Did I rebut the problem? No. What I did was I changed the frame. Specifically, what I did was I changed the time frame. Is a way to change a person's perspective and change their mind. I want to acknowledge that there are many, many reframes in my white paper on reframing, which is available for free at our website. I specifically focus on and ask you to memorize a basic twelve. Those twelve represent the most common patterns. You'll notice there are reframes like you say to someone, "Let me ask you, if you were me at this point, what would you do to be able to move this conversation forward and potentially have you and I examine the opportunity of working together?" That one is called a shift in referential index, because you're switching who has the problem. You're asking the so-called prospect, in this case the advisor, to solve the problem from their point of view. You'd be surprised how many of them will then say to you, "Well, look, the reality is this time of day is really bad to talk to me. If you make a point to speak with me after the market closes, and I had a chance to meet with my assistant to just close out a couple of matters, probably around four thirty, I'd be in a much better place, and they'll continue to talk." You're thinking to yourself, "Why in the heck didn't they say that to begin with? Do you know why?" Because you didn't ask. There are some reframes that are for when a person is being conscious and logical, like the one I just used. There are other reframes for when people are being emotional. When they're being illogical, at Lehman Brothers we used one that I thought was quite funny, and using humor is a way to deal with an emotional reaction. We would use an emotional reframe when someone would suddenly say no. We would say and interrupt them. Don't say no. Just say maybe. That way, you won't feel awkward when you say yes. If you take a look at the underlying book value of this stock, now I'm not suggesting that you use that, nor am I saying that any particular reframe is appropriate everywhere. Part of the point of memorizing the twelve ways to change a person's mind is to have a range of options. Let me actually walk you through the one that I find very enjoyable and fun with advisors, because first the objection itself seems utterly impossible. Many advisors, when we role play this, just fold. Let alone make it to the end of how they would handle it. It not only demonstrates the sequence, but it also shows a particular reframe that I created for advisors. And since you work with advisors, I thought you might find this one kind of fun or funny. So what happens is, is that the advisor, let's say, is calling up a referral, someone that got referred to them by a client. The referral doesn't know them. They call the referral up, or they meet with the referral face to face. The referral says, "Look, I like you. By the way, I hate when prospects start that way because it never ends well. 
When has anyone ever started with I like you and it ends with business? Here's what they say. I like you, but I've got several advisors. Would you believe it? My brother's a partner at Goldman. And the reality is, is that because of that, I pay very little in fees. Listen, I just don't want to waste your time. I think we'd all agree that seems like a pretty high mountain to climb. But I want you to watch the sequence of objection, replay, verify, acknowledgement, and then reframe to see how this unfolds. Once again, the person says, look, I like you, but I've got to be honest with you. I've got several advisors. I've got a brother who's a partner at Goldman, and because of that, I pay very little in fees. I I just don't want to waste your time. So what do we do? We replay. So you've got several advisors. It sounds like including a family member in the business, a brother at Goldman, and because of that relationship, it sounds like you pay very little in fees. The person says, yeah, that's, that's what I said. What do we do then? We acknowledge them. You know, I really want to thank you for being so upfront about your investment situation. Or we could say, I really want to thank you for being someone who's upfront and honest. I just want you to know that for me, that's what I look for in any good relationship. Can I ask you one question before I let you go? At this point, we've in no way been offensive, so the person's likely going to say, well, yeah, sure. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever heard of the lone man on the totem pole effect? Some people will say yes because they're familiar with the concept of a totem pole. Some people will say no, but the reality is it doesn't matter what they say. In either case, what the advisor says is, I'm sure this will sound familiar to you. I bet you if I asked you to rank all of the advisors that you're currently working with from the best performer to the worst performer, you could probably tell me who's at the top and you could probably tell me who's at the bottom. Wouldn't that be fair to say? The person will think for a moment and usually they'll say, well, 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 yeah. And then the advisor says, look, I'm not even going to ask you who's at the top, who's at the bottom. But I bet you if I did, you probably could. Well, guess what they call the person at the bottom? Guess what they call that person? Now, sometimes they'll guess, sometimes they won't. But either way, what what the advisor says is the low man on the totem pole. And then you turn and say to them, and that's exactly the person I'm here to compete against. And unlike them, I won't be the low man on the totem pole because I'm sure I can do better than that by you. Let's talk about what we can do to make that happen. I basically stopped the role play there, and you should see advisors' jaws hit the floor as they realized how simple it was to handle that objection. But how many advisors do you think actually have a well-thought-through process based on understanding communication skills? How many of them do you think have practiced how to execute flawlessly and to be able to do so with ease? The reality is very few. I often joke with the advisors. I say to them, Would you rather that someone tell you that they have several advisors and a brother at Goldman? Or would you rather have have a conversation with someone? Or would you rather contact someone and have them say, hey, I'm glad you gave me a call. I'm homeless, lonely, and broke and could use a friend. So let's get together. The reality is we must be able to overcome, as advisors, this kind of an objection. You must understand. This is merely because they've not been trained in the way in which I mean training. There are individuals doing five, seven, eleven million dollars in production, and they follow this sequence to the letter. The reality is, we've moved in this dialogue through the study of attention to a detailed look penetrating the world of communication skills across a wide range of communication issues. Ending here, 
with our verbal skills in the handling of objections. In all cases, what allowed us to have this level of penetration was the study of attention, what we refer to as focus. I asked you at the beginning to use this as a mental workout to redirect your attention whenever you found yourself drifting the same way you did initially when I had you count. Well, how did you do during this session? Again, it's not my intention to lay out the entire process that we teach or all the details. This is truly the tip of an iceberg, but this is a critical tip. These are the kinds of things where we make small mistakes that accumulate to a lot of wasted time and a lot of wasted opportunity. This is being provided as a way of giving you an opportunity to listen to it repeatedly and to ingrain the actions and the concepts into your mind so that they can translate into your behavior. They will, of course, translate much more quickly into your behavior if you practice. Perhaps one day, I'll have the pleasure, the privilege, and the honor to coach you. I do want to thank you for taking this time with me, and I look forward to hearing about your success.